0: Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently running. Sanders could cut. And another block. Sanders still going inside the 40.
1: and welcome back to another edition of the Kelly Green Hour where your Philadelphia Eagles look for win number 13 on the season as they travel to the Windy City. And it's going to be cold in Chicago against the Bears on Sunday afternoon. I'm your host, LJ Harrell. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Connor Donald. Connor, this is, and I don't mean this in a bad way, it's tough to get up for games like this when you have the worst team in the NFC going up against the best team in the NFL record wise. Um and the anticipation is the Eagles should should uh com- win this game convincingly. We have to we're going to have to convince ourselves or try to get ourselves to talk and up this game to get people to watch it. How you doing?
0: You uh, you said it best, man. Like, I, I really don't like when I go up and down. Now they're without Darnell Mooney. They're without Chase Claypool. They were a terrible pass offense with those two in the lineup. Now they go down them. The biggest threat is Justin Fields and Justin Fields' legs only. So it's hard to imagine or anticipate that this game is going to be very close. But like I said before we came on the air, three straight blowouts, That would be very un-Philadelphia Eagle-like to go three straight games playing at above the level of the competition, not at the level of the competition, and blowing these teams out. So, color me a little skeptical, but I just don't see any way that I can't be overconfident for this.
1: I don't know. This team, it feels like this team has something different. Maybe it's the leadership of of Jalen Hurts at the quarterback position. He doesn't get... Too high on himself, he doesn't get too low on himself. He's so even keel. But before we jump into this game, as always, follow us on Twitter at Kelly Greenhour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor Ten. Follow me on Twitter at L J 54. Follow the Payment Lines on Twitter and YouTube at the Payment Lines. And follow Edge of Philly Sports on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Edge of Philly Sports or EOP Sports. And if you are listening live, uh, let us let us know in the chat your thoughts on this game, um, your score prediction keys to the game players of the player of the game um you mentioned it connor the the when it comes to the bears it's justin fields david montgomery and that's pretty much it and david and david montgomery i think is banged up a little bit justin fields uh was sick he didn't practice on wednesday but practiced uh thursday so he he's he's obviously going to be starting the bears have the if i i believe still have the number one rushing offense in football but that's when you're throwing the ball 15 times a game and all you do is run and your quarterback has the athletic ability that he has in Justin Fields, um, you gotta find ways to to um, score points, and you're gonna obviously put the ball in your your best player's hands. And the best player right now is Justin Fields for the Chicago Bears. Um, and you have to think about it. We talked about last week the you know the turf monster of MetLife Stadium taking out players. The field in Chicago is not that much better either, so it, it'll be. I think it's going to be key for the Eagles if they can find a way to get up big and get the guys out early in the early, uh, you know, late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, because you have a short week where you have to go to Dallas on Christmas Eve. Um, you know, my other thing is, I don't, and again, I don't think it's going to happen, but with the big game against Dallas uh, just over a week away, will the Eagles look ahead a little bit? Is this your typical trap game? Because if, if you looked up the definition of a trap game, this game is it. Because you have a, a, a terrible Chicago team. You have Dallas who is, who is tied for the second-best record, two games behind you in the division. Obviously the Michael Parsons talk. This is your typical trap game. Are you worried at all that that could potentially be an issue heading into this game on Sunday?
0: I don't think so, because like you said, there's something different about this team. There's something that feels really good about this team and their focus seems to be one week at a time, one game at a time. They don't want look, they're in the playoffs, but they're not going to look ahead to the playoffs. They're, they're pretty much in control of their own destiny. They, they win another two games. They probably get that first round by like, theoretically, there's so much playing in their favor and they're not really getting ahead of themselves. They're not really getting overconfident. So I'm not very worried in that regard because like you said, this team's different. It feels different than past Eagles teams that kind of look ahead or get ahead of them ahead of themselves. We never see them play up like above the level of the competition they're up against. Like we have seen in recent weeks, it feels like everything's clicking and we're not even hundred percent healthy. Dallas Goddard could play this week. I really he don't. Should. He should. I don't He's know. Force it. They could just make it up against Dallas, you know, and then you got Chauncey Gardner Johnson coming back in two more weeks. And then hopefully you got Reed Blank and Chip back at the same time as Gardner Johnson, if not for the playoffs. Like hopefully everybody is back and healthy and the Turf monster doesn't get us in Chicago like it did in in New York. But I mean, luckily in New New York, it was Reed Blank and Chip and it was there in Sepas. We can live without those two. We can't live without some of the others for much longer, like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Dallas Goddard and stuff, or losing, like, Smith or or Brown would be dangerous right now. So I feel like we're in a good spot. We're playing really good football, and it would take – probably our worst game of this season to lose to Chicago worse than against Houston. Cause I honestly think the Houston Texans have a better team than Chicago. That's how bad Chicago is right now, especially with the state of their injuries, their injuries are really bad and they're just adding up and making that offense almost impossible to function.
1: Yeah. Looking at the, looking at this, their depth chart, Justin Fields, David Montgomery, the receivers will be equanimous St. Brown, Dante Pettis and Byron Pringle. <laughs> with Cole Komet at tight end, their offensive line is, I mean, they, they lead the league in rushing, so they're not bad, but I think a lot of that is Justin Fields um, making plays with his feet.
0: His Their pass protection rate is 28th in the NFL, so when they actually have to drop back and when he drops back and he has to be protected... He's not that good, but he also is one of the guys, like we talked about last week with Daniel Jones, Justin Fields holds the ball for a really long time because he tends to look around, look around, look around and scramble that that's the way that he works. So he holds the ball a lot longer than most people as well, which makes the job as we know. And as we've seen in the past with a guy like Carson Wentz, who tries to do too much with not enough that it can wear on an offensive line and it can make an offensive line look a lot worse than they actually are. But this offensive line really isn't that good. Yeah. And
1: like you just said, the, the team really isn't that good. So that's where it's going to be key for the Eagles. <clears throat> just like they did last week, if they can jump up to, to a 14, nothing Lee, a two score lead right away and force Chicago to become one dimensional throw in the football, they can have another big sack. day. They had seven last week, Remember nine against um, Washington earlier in the year. So, uh, we're talking about the the number one team in the NFL when it comes to sacks. The Eagles can ju- can just pile on those numbers again against a team like Chicago. The only difference is Justin Fields can actually maneuver. He can move around. So he's not going to be that stationary target um, that you typically would face um, against, you know, um, Dana Jones isn't really stationary, but like Carson Wentz is kind of stationary. Um, you know where he's going to be so you can aim for that spot. You won't be able to do that. With uh, Justin Fields. One thing you had mentioned is the potential of clinching that number one seed within the next two weeks. You beat Chicago, you beat Dallas. You clinch the East, you clinch the number one seed. And obviously there's still two games in the regular season and you have the bye. So your next real game isn't going to be until January 14th or 15th after the – potentially after the Dallas game. That's a lot of – time. and, look, I'm not saying the Eagles are going to not play anybody against the Saints. They probably won't play anybody against the Giants if that were the case. But against the Saints, at least a half for, for the guys. Um, Does the rust factor – and, and I, don't, I hate looking ahead, but, like, looking – there's not much – let's be real, there's not much to talk about with this Chicago game, and hopefully we're not jinxing ourselves knocking on wood here that the Eagles aren't thinking the way we're thinking right now, or that I'm thinking at least – and they do show up, take care of business, and get the W. But if you think about it, they, the potential of not playing a game that matters for a month, is that something to be worried about? Because that, there's that rust factor. There's that you know timing factor that, that could come into play in the first playoff game, divisional weekend, and that potentially could be against the Dallas Cowboys.
0: Yeah, I mean, week one was definitely an indication of a potential. There's always a potential for a rest factor, and you hope that your team can overcome that rest, especially when you're going to be going against teams who have to actually run the gauntlet for the rest of the season. The Dallas Cowboys, I mean, if they can win this week and if they can pull the game out against us, things become a lot more interesting. Even if they lose against us, they're still in a pretty comfortable spot because there seems to be like... When you look at it right now, it's like Seattle's on the fringes. Washington is on the fringes. New York is on the fringes, but they're only a couple games above 500. So really – there's a lot, the, the teams at the top are a lot more comfortable than the rest of the teams. The Minnesotas of the world, the Philadelphias of the world, San Francisco, maybe even Dallas are a little bit more comfortable. Um, but yeah, the rest factor, it's something you, you're concerned about, but you really hope that the, they can overcome that rest factor. And we've seen it in the past that they're, they, like it's in week one, they it was rest, it was clear, but they overcame it and were able to do it. Obviously, that's the Detroit Lions. And I don't think we should bash the Detroit Lions anymore because they're not the team that went like one in. Yeah. They're not the team that went like what one in six or something. They are one in seven or something. They're, they're one five in a row. They're a team that you really have to think about. I would say the Detroit Lions presently are better than the New York giants and are probably better than the Washington commanders. So there's a cha- even Seattle, they're probably better than Seattle because all around they just have an all around better team and can make things work on offense and defense enough. And when you need points, crazy enough jared goff is able to put them up with that offense which is really crazy to think about um but yeah rest would would worry me a bit but like you said we don't want to look too far ahead and and hopefully that the only week we rest the players fully is going to be week 18 because i would still like to see them play at least a half in week 17 i don't want to see us get way too far ahead of ourselves into the point where we're resting guys for nearly a month that just doesn't make sense and, I'll, and-, and I'll-
1: And I don't think Sirianni would do that. Again, week 18, if everything's clinched, the first overall seed's clinched, then yeah, week 18 will be like the week 18 last year, the COVID game against Dallas. But week 17, they'll at least – definitely at least play a half. And obviously it depends on what happens these next two weeks, starting with Chicago on Saturday – on Sunday. The one thing you did mention about – you mentioned Dallas Goddard and maybe saving him. I actually don't – I would like – and I'm not saying he needs to go out there and play 100% of the snaps, but I would like to see him get out there this week. You know – take some hits, just see how he is. Calcaterra and Stoll have been doing an admirable job, a lot better than I think we both thought that they would do um, in the absence of Dallas Goddard. But I, I would like to see Dallas Goddard just to get out there and get some run, you know, and so that, you know, his first action isn't that big game on Christmas Eve against Dallas. Um, so that, that that's going to be, I think, key. Like get him out there, get him back in rhythm with Jalen Hurts, see what he can do now. that's Show maybe show something that Dallas is going to have to take up time in their practice, you know, schedule to figure out a, a way to stop Dallas Goddard. Now, you know, we, we already know what AJ can do, Devontae can do, uh, Miles can do, Jalen can do, and this offensive line can do. Now, you add that, that that component of Dallas Goddard, and that it's just another weapon for this offense. So, I'm unlike you, I do want to see him play this week. If he, I think he's going to play this week. So we'll we'll see what we'll see. They don't they don't have to activate him from IR until four o'clock on Saturday tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. I think they're going to do it. I think he'll be on the field. Um, And again, I'm not saying we see him out there 100% of the for 100% of the snaps, but get him out there. Get him, you know, just in that motion, so that he's going to be clear. He'll be 100% ready to go and in that football mindset for the Dallas game next week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, if you want to get him out there, you want to get him some touches and stuff. It can't hurt the offense. I mean, he was one of the pieces that we seemed to miss the most. It was the role that we seemed to not be able to replace. Uh, Although Grant Calcaterra is starting to look a little bit more comfortable and Stahl's been fine. And Quez Watkins has stepped into a bigger role a lot better it just hasn't felt the same and it hasn't been replaced because he opens so much up because he can work underneath underneath. He can work the middle of the field and he creates so much yards after the catch. I wouldn't be shocked if he's still top five in yards after the catch, even though he's missed four weeks, because that's how many yards after the catch he had and how much of a cushion he had over so many other players in that department. Um, so I'm not, I'm not saying don't play him at all. If, if he's good, if he's feeling good and he's good to go out there and play a half or whatever, and the game starts getting out of hand, then you can pull him. He's had his time. He gets his reps in. Um, but I mean, that, that At this point, we also got to worry about health. We got to make sure we get there healthy. We were doing so well up until, what was it, about four weeks ago. So hopefully that health can stay with us for the remainder of the season and into the playoffs, because if so, we could be a very difficult team to go up against because we're so hard to stop on offense. Our defense has just been on point. The defense has continued to remain on point. Of course, competition over the last couple of weeks hasn't been extravagant. And this week isn't huge, but the fact that the injuries on the defensive side of the football haven't seemed to impact the way that the play has been defensively is major bonus points.
1: Yeah, it is. And, and again, we just don't, and hopefully the Eagles don't come and take this, take the bears lightly, come, come out in that first quarter, first half, take, you know, take control early score twos to three touchdowns, get up by three scores. And then you can start pulling guys again, short week going into Dallas. Uh, next week, looking at the Bears' defense, if you look at their, start, their their starters, like the only guy I recognize is Jaquan Brisker, the safety, the, the rookie safety. Um, they don't have Okon Smith; he's in Baltimore. They don't have um, Robert Quinn; he's with the Eagles on IR. Uh, Kyler Gordon, he's meh. Um, Jalen Johnson, he's meh. Uh, they're like looking at their linebackers: Jack Sanborn, Matthew Adams, Nicholas Morrow there's no reason that the eagles offense shouldn't be able to score it well the, the the biggest x factor or equalizer in this game is going to be weather it's going to be freezing in chicago it's going to be in the 20s snow may doubtful but you never know it's chicago it's not going to be like buffalo tomorrow night when they're they're calling for like close to a foot of snow with, my, with the miami but bills game like that that could be that's going to be a fun game to watch but so it's not going to be like that but Again, the biggest key is going to be turnovers for the Eagles' offense. They don't, which they haven't, again, they went through a couple of games stretch where they turned it over. You know, the Washington game. Um, and was it Houston or whoever? I forget half that. They 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 went through a stretch where they started turning the ball over. But Jalen Hurts still only has three interceptions on the year. Um, he's accounted for what, 32? I think he has 22 passing touchdowns, 10 rushing touchdowns. If the Eagles can hold on to the football, there's no reason they can't go up and down the field on the Chicago defense. And, I, and to kind of go back to the Chicago offense real quick, I think the one thing that has the growth of Justin Fields is they hired in a defensive head coach. And I always say this. If you want to hire a head coach it should, and you have a young quarterback, you should hire an offensive head coach. And why? Because if you hire an offensive head coach, the offense the, the the head coach is implementing the offense it's his offense if you hire a defensive head coach you hire an offensive coordinator to to put put the offense together what happens if that offensive coordinator does a great job he is going to get hired and you're going to have to get a new offensive coordinator which could potentially be a new offense so that's the they're just stunning the growth stunning the growth of Justin fields i think going forward because um of because if if they're any good he that offense gets good he's um gonna have to learn a new offense gonna have to learn all and I, so i've always been a component of hiring an offensive coach i like defense yeah but once the offensive once that coach that offensive coordinator does a good job he's gone he's gonna be hired somewhere else. So Justin Fields is going to be hurting for, for, for it was just a bad situation for him uh, in, in Chicago.
0: Yeah, and I, and I feel like, and I said it from the beginning of the season, I felt like they set him up to fail. And it's kind of a reality that, that's starting to settle in, is this regime may want to move forward, saying Justin Fields just isn't the answer, look at him, and I mean, when you point it out, like if you look at it, If he was a difference maker by himself and a franchise quarterback, as we like to talk about, then theoretically he would be able to put the game on his back and go with it. Sometimes like Patrick Mahomes, who can hit whoever's out there on the field. But at the end of the day, yes, he can put the team on his back and put the game on his back and try. And we've seen him do it very admirably but at the end of the day it just isn't working out because the weaponry isn't there the offense isn't there the structure isn't there it's just an all-around really bad offensive situation and exactly like you said if you get a really sharp offensive mind next year and bring him in and say here's your final chance Justin to prove us to prove to us you can be that guy then he's going to be learning his third system in three years and he's probably going to end up Showing maybe that he's worthy of another chance, and just like Daniel Jones, then he gets pushed into his fourth system in four years. Because we have to remember with Daniel Jones, he's had a different offensive coordinator every single season he's been in the NFL. Imagine what that does to learn an entire new playbook. No offensive coordinator comes in and says, "I like three quarters of this playbook. Let's roll with it." You only have to learn twenty-five percent of a playbook. No, they implement an entire new. Culture, they implement an entire new strategy, they implement an entire new playbook. It's everything, so you have to learn everything all over again. And imagine you're talking like a hundred plus plays over and over again, and different mentality and practice and style, and everything. And that plays a major impact on a lot of guys. Not to defend Daniel Jones, but I mean, could. Have we seen what Daniel Jones really can be? I don't think so. Because, I mean, you got four completely different offenses. Now, next year, there's a good chance you're going to be looking at a third completely different offense for Justin Fields. Although, one thing I believe we've learned this season with Philadelphia, you can make your own franchise quarterback. If you play to their strengths and you put the right pieces around them, you can. And it's gotten to the point where Chris Sims has said, you could just stick a quarterback in this offense and they would be winning. The amount of times Jalen Hurts has taken the game and gotten, you know, those big 20-yard runs, those huge third-down runs, second-yard runs. No, and somebody broke it down. Someone said, you look at some of these games where Jalen Hurts took it upon himself in some of the games, and they kind of said, look at this game, this game, this game. Yeah, they were like, we'd be... Pretty much at five hundred or below. If you took away those games and made Chris, them losses, Chris
1: Sims is the. He's been a hater to Jalen Hurts. Remember, was it two thousand twenty? He had him outside the top forty of quarterbacks. In twenty twenty one, he had him what twenty fifth or is it twenty twenty one? He had him outside of the top forty this year. Had him like 25th.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, because it was Wentz's last season before he took over as a starter. They, they He had him at like 40, and I think it was 28 that he was at this past season. Like,
1: yeah, Chris Sims is the ultimate hater. You can't Gardner Minchu, as, as much as, as I'm going to, and I like Minchu, like Minchu Mania and all that. I like him, but he's not dealing with car, Just like if we go back to 2017, if Nick Foles had to start from game one, the Eagles aren't the number one seed. The Eagles aren't winning the Super Bowl that year. Carson Wentz was a top two, top three reason why the Eagles were able to win the Super Bowl. He had them 11-1, and 11-2, whatever, at one point before his injury. And they were able to clinch the, the number one overall seed. Does Nick Foles do that? Has Nick Foles ever played an entire season? No. So the, you can't just say you can throw. Look, if you're saying you can throw Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, those Joe Burrow in there, sure. But you're not throwing Gardner Minshew, Nick Foles, Chad Henney. Like you're not just throwing any quarterback in there and doing what Jalen Hurts is doing this year. Look, I like I, I did not think Jalen Hurts was going to be able to turn into the type of quarterback that he has turned himself into. He has proven me wrong, and, and I'm glad. Remember, we thought going into last year it was Jalen Hurts has to prove that he can be the franchise quarterback bef- before um we real before we decide what we have to do with the two first round picks. Now we came into this year saying the same thing, and he has proven it. He is the franchise quarterback. They're gonna give him the now. They don't they don't have to, in theory, give him the money after this year, but they will because you don't want your quarterback going into a lame duck year. He has done everything plus what he's what he's he been asked to do. And and I mentioned it on Tuesday. It's very rare that a coach is going to implement an offense that fits the quarterback. It's He comes in with his offense, and he's going to make, make the players fit into his offense. Nick Sirianni has done the total opposite. Nick Sirianni has designed an offense that that Jalen Hurts can be successful in. If that if, if he's doing that, who the hell cares? He is the MVP of the league. You can't just throw anybody in there, and the Eagles are going to be 12-1 right now. It just wouldn't happen.
0: Agreed. And like when, because I am almost, I'd put almost any amount of money on it now. When Shane Steichen gets a job as a head coach in this offseason, he is not going to go. If say he goes to uh, Tom Brady, a uh, Kirk Cousins pocket passers, he is not going to. You aren't going to see the same offense you saw this season from Shane Steichen. The best offensive coordinators are the ones who adapt, who change their system to match their quarterback strengths, and that's what I've been saying every time someone's like, "Oh well, what when in a, in a pinch, Jalen Hurts is just going to run," or "Oh, the RPO that that's only going to work for so long." Those are the systems that work for this guy and that is how he has been able to succeed. If you want to turn Jalen Hurts into a pocket passer, that's your that's the way to Justin Fields him let's call it that is a way to literally show him the door and to say we have no confidence in you as a franchise quarterback let's see what we can do to get you out of town if you implemented that type of system and when you go back like you said to the Carson Wentz season and the Nick Foles season the offense that Carson Wentz had versus the offense that Nick Foles went to the Super Bowl with were night and day completely different offenses and that is just the reality of the situation Chris Sims comment comes from a clear lack of watching tape a clear lack of understanding a system and and what in and playing to Jalen Hurts's strengths because Gardner Minshew while not completely immobile is not going to be top five across the board in rushing categories uh for a quarterback if he plays 17 games in a season that just isn't gonna happen and we've seen the offense when when uh Gardner Minshew goes out there and yes he gets the backups but to that same point they play a completely different style of game when you put Gardner-Mintra out there and it would look completely different if he started from quarter one to quarter four with the starters. It's just the reality of it. And the conversation needs to stop being about playing to his strengths and realizing the coaching staff from Howie all the way down to the coaching staff, all the way down to Jalen Hurts have a plus this season in setting up Jalen Hurts to be the franchise quarterback and to succeed in Philadelphia.
1: So you were talking about Shane Steichen, and we had this question back in 2018 after Frank Wright left. It was like, was it Frank Wright's offense or was it Doug Peterson's offense? And we kind of saw the struggle in 2018. Is this Nick Sirianni's offense or is this Shane Steichen's offense? Now, I think it's Sirianni's offense. Obviously, Steichen's putting his input in, but – Like, would we will we notice a difference next year? Say when Steichen, if Steichen gets a head coaching job and Brian Johnson or Kevin Huber, the the guy that got um hired from, from the Colts, whether whoever becomes the new offensive coordinator, will it look different? Will it look the same? Because the offensive pieces are going to be here. The only difference might be the running back because Miles is um is on the last year of his deal and As great of a year as he's having, I don't know if the Eagles are going to bring him back unless it's on a team, very team friendly deal. The offensive line will be here. Maybe Juergens instead of Kelsey. Um, Brown's here. Devontae's here. Dallas Goddard's here. Quez Watkins is here. Jalen Hurst are going to be here. Will the offense look different? Will the offense look the same? Like, what do you think? Like, how much of an input does Steichen have?
0: I think that in offense, well, no matter when you move a new offensive coordinator into things, you're not going to run a completely identical offense because then it's just kind of showing maybe you're not the offensive mind people thinking you maybe you won't be on a fast track to get in uh, an offensive uh, head coaching job like Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen was kind of headed that way. And then when we Sirianni brought him over, no matter what it was, Sirianni or Steichen at the end of the day they both have been put into this offense Steichen's the one calling the plays so whether it's you know he in the situations is making the right play calls to set this team up to win so at the end of the day it's not always necessarily about whose playbook it is but also about the strategy when to run certain plays when you're doing certain plays and i know that some of that rolls on analytics and you have other people in your in your headset telling you what what they look what you're looking at what they might be seeing some trends and stuff but at the end of the day if say Brian Johnson takes his job, you can't implement the exact identical offense. You have to throw your own tweaks in there, your own things that make you stand out and say, this is my offense, this is my type of offense. And I think you'd see that Sirianni and Johnson would work that out. And we'd probably see a few things that are maybe a little bit different um, under a Brian Johnson or whatever offensive coordinator's system it would be next season. But you definitely can't run an identical offense because then you're, you're just then people would probably be like, uh, well, how much did he take from Shane Steichen or how much is actually his, or is this really, or is this Nick Sirianni's offense? And we're just seeing a guy jump in and call the plays.
1: I also think think it'll depend on how much more Jalen Hurts can take on. Maybe this, this is the reason. And again, I'm not saying it is, but they're running this offense because this is what Kurtz is comfortable with. And this is what he can win with. Um, We'll we would hope that obviously he can throw the ball down the field. We've seen it, um, you know. As long as there's no injuries next year, you'll continue just to see the improvement and progression of uh, Jalen Hurts. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely gonna, that's definitely going to be an interesting topic in the off after the coaching hires get made. Um, whether you know, because Gannon Steichen, um, you know, you can have a totally new, new coordinators next year. Even Clay, I mean, Clay will probably be back. They've gotten a lot better over the last couple of weeks. So Clay will probably be back, but a new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. Again, that's why you like having an offensive head coach because now you mm-hmm. don't have to learn a completely different offense. Because remember all the talk, Jalen didn't have the same offense from since like high school because it was his it was his dad's offense. We went to Alabama, new offensive coordinator every year. Then went to Oklahoma, and then Doug Peterson, and then Nick Sirianni. Now finally getting Nick. Um, sirianni's offense two years in a row and we just see the type of player he's turned into the hard work definitely paying off and that just his mentality that he has he's not gonna it just doesn't seem like he's gonna allow anything to affect him or the team he's gonna he's gonna keep everybody even keel so that they don't overlook the chicago bears with the big matchup next week um on christmas eve against dallas
0: Absolutely, I w- with the Chicago Bears in mind. We did go off topic. Their two best players defensively: Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker. Eddie Jackson, he's all he's obviously he's on the IR, so he's an, a null factor. Jaquan Brisker, I really liked him through the draft process. I thought he was someone that what Philadelphia could have looked. <laughs> well. I I liked him. I, I liked him because I wanted to see us go safety. And I thought Jaquan Brisker was a really good safety. He does have a lot of missed tackles. He is a guy who, you know, he, he's similar to Marcus Epps, similar to Reed Blankenship. They, he, he goes for the big hits, highlight reel hitter. Um, Otherwise, like this is an average to below average defense across the board outside of those two safeties. They were probably going to live and die this season on those two safeties, and losing Eddie Jackson was probably a massive loss for them, what definitely was a massive loss for them. Um, From a cornerback perspective, you spoke to it. Kyler Gordon is terrible. He has allowed a completion... 50 receptions on 61 targets for 615 yards this season. Whoever plays the slot Devante Quez if Dallas Goddard comes back and ends up in some mismatches with him in the slot they're going to feast I say my 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 player to watch on the Eagles offense is whoever lines up against Kyler Go- Gordon because he's going to absolutely feast and they'll probably look to create a matchup like that like you kind of said with AJ Brown or Devontae Smith I would think AJ Brown he works middle of the field and creates the yards after the catch more than Devontae Smith so you could be seeing something like trying to get AJ Brown on Kyler Gordon as much as possible but this is is another one of those instances where you know if Dallas Goddard is back you really can't offer much help over top for these cornerbacks so this offense is going to have a really good opportunity to feast because you only really have one extra body over top that can help and we've seen teams try this and try to go one-on-one with some of these guys and they just feed AJ Brown against the Titans he absolutely feasted Devonta Smith up one-on-one against some of these defenses absolutely feasted Goddard, Watkins you can't stop this offense is not one dimensional so just when you think you might be able to stop them they throw a wrench in your whole plan and so my I mean if I was looking for an offensive player to look out for whoever whenever you see Kyler Gordon whoever you see across from him whoever he's following or shadowing if he is that is your guy to be watching because I can guarantee there's going to be a few big plays at the cost of Kyler Gordon this week
1: well, good transition to the players to watch for. So your offensive players, whoever's up against Kyler Gordon, who's your defensive player to watch for the Eagles?
0: I, I should I should probably be more specific about that. I think it'll be A.J. Brown. I think Devontae Smith, they played Devontae Smith outside a, a, a lot more. I think he's better out there. He's more effective out there. Um, so it's probably going to be A.J. Brown and Quez Watkins who get this opportunity. Um, so But I feel like it's more of an A.J. Brown. And and that feels like such an easy pick because it's almost a pick every single week. But, like, he could be due for, like, one of those beastly, like, near 200-yard couple touchdown games, if if I were to guess. Um, Defensively, man, it is so hard to pick someone. But I'm going to go with T.J. Edwards on this one. I was reading an article, T.J. Edwards, he idolized Chicago Bears uh, linebackers growing up. And obviously we know Brian Urlacher, one of many names who've come up in defensive systems in Chicago and been massive defensive playmakers and difference makers. And now T.J. Edwards gets his first chance to play at Soldier Field. He's having an incredible season. It continues to just be unbelievable what he's doing. Um, So I'm going with T.J. Edwards. I think he just... I don't know if Howie's just like in awe about the season, and he just doesn't want to extend anybody right now, or if he really wants to see how everything plays out and then put it in front of him. But it's unlike Howie to not to to end up leaving a season without extending someone for next season. I'm pretty sure he's waiting. Season.
1: I'm pretty sure he's waiting because of what the situation looks like, and six six or seven seven starters on just on defense or free agents we have
0: 18 free agents and like you said yeah like we got Javon Hargrave we got TJ Edwards we got Kaiser White we got Marcus Epps we got Chauncey Gardner Johnson they're all free agents so I think he's really thinking really being forced to hold his cards close and really evaluating say at the end of the season once the entirety of everything's played out he's gotten to see a playoff game who were my guys my difference makers who made a difference in a big game in a big moment when you need
1: and also he doesn't want to have happen when after after 2017, after they won the Super Bowl, and he nostalgia mm-hmm. and had brought all the old guys back. So
0: yeah, but he, he's got so much before. youth to bring back. Like, do not go looking at Javon Hargrave or Brandon Graham and saying, Well, Brandon Graham, look at that 10 sacks. He's he's on pace to potentially have a career season. Maybe I should bring no, no, no. You got TJ Edwards, you got Chauncey Gardner Johnson, you got Marcus I mean, you got a bunch of Chauncey guys who are less than 26.
1: Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's my number one. That's the guy that I want back.
0: I want I want Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and TJ Edwards. If I had to put, I wouldn't pick one or the other. I think those are two guys who can be cornerstones of this offense with Hassan Reddick, with Jordan Davis, with Josh what They can be cornerstones to this defense. Whereas you know that a guy like, unfortunately, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, the end is near and they can't be cornerstones anymore. We saw it with Fletcher Cox this year. He's a cornerstone at... 30, 25 to 35 snaps a game. That's not going to work.
1: And especially when with that Saints pick, they're going to take... I want to talk about that before we get to our prediction, by the way. What Mel... Not Mel Hopper. Um, Todd McShay. McShay? Yeah. There's there's a negative 55 million percent chance the Eagles take a running back top five. Not happening. They will take a, do- a defensive lineman. Um, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson. Doesn't matter. They're, they're going defensive lineman. Um, it's
0: like these people don't even know Howie Roseman. Don't.
1: you they're know, just, a top five gone.
0: or a top 10 pick, you know, 100% he's going in those trenches. And one of the biggest needs is probably a defensive tackle or an edge. Those are two of the biggest needs because you've yep. got to fill the voids that are going to be left by Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Damakonsu Linval Joseph. If they, if one comes back, okay, but you still have voids. There's still some big voids to fill.
1: Yeah, it's, they've, it's like they've never seen Howie.
0: Even when it hasn't been a need, he's gone there. Look yeah. at the Camp Jergens pick. Look at the Landon Dickerson pick. People were up in arms about it because it wasn't. They lost the second round. Second
1: round we're talking first Wait, round or two. Agreed. 0% but they would stand Zero percent chance they're not, they're taking a run of it. They will never take a run. 32, maybe, maybe 32.
0: Maybe 32, 31 if we're at that pick.
1: Thirty-one. Well,
0: I guess, and that's be where I want Jamar.
1: Yeah. That's where I want Jamar Gibbs. But that's that's me. Um, my guys to watch on the Eagles. Are gonna be, I'm going to go Fletcher Cox on defense because that's what the Bears are going to do. They're going to run the football. They're going to come right up the middle with Montgomery. Um, they're going to get Justin Fields on the move. So it's going to it's you know you're gonna clog up that middle and hopefully the, the ends and the linebackers scrape and and are able to tackle Fields. And on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to go Miles Sanders. He's just a He's obviously having a career year over a thousand yards uh, rushing 10 or 11 touchdowns, um, you know, earning whatever contract he's going to get from whoever next year. I don't think it'll be by from the Eagles. The Eagles are going to continue to be a running back by committee. They're not going to ever devote a bunch of money to running backs, especially now that you're given 40, 40 plus million dollars to your quarterback. You already got the 25 mil to, to AJ Brown. Devontae Smith is going to be up on a contract in a couple of years. So um, and Dallas Goddard's got a big contract. They're never going to devote a lot of money to the running back position, but Miles Sanders is just going to continue the the, the track, the, the career year that he's having, and he should have a big game. Especially if the Eagles get up big, they're just going to run the ball. This is what they do. In um, you know, second halves of games when they're up big, they'll just take the clock down, run the football, kill the clock, and, and get out of there with a victory and get ready for Saturday afternoon football in arlington texas against the arlington cowboys all right and
0: i i but i agree like i agree with you and at the end of the day the saving grace for this miles sanders contract this is a huge running back free agency class and a very good draft class for running backs that i think ultimately like josh jacobs is having a career year at what the age of 26 like these guys like the cliff is coming for some of these running backs and we know miles sanders don't put it in the complete rearview mirror that, oh, his injuries are gone and the injury history is gone. No, it still exists. It's still prevalent. And that's something that you can leverage in a contract negotiation. I think that's the saving grace to getting Miles Sanders back on a team friendly deal is I think that a lot of running backs may go unsigned until after the draft because they're going to try and, and hold Miles, their value at a higher standard. And, and the standard's it. not there for running backs anymore.
1: And Miles hasn't been used as much as somebody like Josh Jacobs. Like, oh, no, because, Josh the Jacob is, huh? because the Eagles don't what's, – what's his career high in carries, like 25? Like, because the Eagles like to split up the carries and have a running back by committee and they don't ever devote it to one guy. Like Miles Sanders doesn't have the – and he didn't have it in college too because he was behind Saquon, so – he doesn't have the miles that somebody like Josh Jacobs has. Josh Jacobs, Jacobs out, has,
0: like, 25 carries a game. Josh right, Jacobs at season. Alabama
1: got a lot of carries. And um, in the NFL, especially this year, getting a lot of carries with the Raiders. All right, prediction time. Who you got and why? And your score.
0: I think it it to our conversation, I, the why has been v- – very firmly yeah, I answered. Um, I I have this as another blower. Like I just don't see Philadelphia since what is it was it been since that Texans game. They haven't really truly played. Oh well, the Colts game came after the Texans game, right? So they haven't really played down to that level. They they went to war with the Green Bay Packers, and since then they've looked like this really good this offensive juggernaut, juggernaut that is just putting points up with ease. Um, so I think it's gonna be another blot. I think we're gonna we're not gonna look ahead. We have the comments from like Jordan Mylotta, the comments from Jalen Hurts, the comments from guys when asked about Dallas. This is not a team looking ahead. This is a team looking to go week by week. If anything, Dallas might be looking ahead of their opponent and could be putting themselves in a weird situation. And if because Jacksonville's been doing really good, Trevor Lawrence the last like two or three weeks has been red hot. Like that's a team starting to turn the corner. Is not like they're gonna do much this year, but is-
1: Jacksonville wins and the Eagles win. That with three games left, the Eagles are three games up. The Eagles would have to lose three straight. Dallas would have to win three straight in order to win. The, the odds are not,
0: not as not. much as Dallas Cowboys Eagles, fans say we're winning. If, if it's Dallas, not in their favor. If
1: Dallas loses to Jacksonville, the Eagles could leave everybody home on, for Christmas and just play with Gardner Minshew and Boston Scott. And who cares what the outcome of the game? They wouldn't do that, but in theory, they could. <laughs>
0: In theory, absolutely. But yeah, this is a team that's just not looking ahead of their opponents. I think uh-huh. this is going to be a game where I think it's going to be, and I'm going to give it 35 17, and I only give it 17 because of garbage time. Like, I feel like this could be a game that might be over at halftime, and we may see Gardner Minshew the earliest we've seen him yet this season.
1: Yeah, I got, th- I say 35 uh, 14 Eagles will win. Um, and again, second half, get starters out, get them. Ready it is a short week, you know. It's a Saturday night game, it's a Saturday afternoon game. Um, so you're gonna have to leave Friday, probably Friday morning, Thursday night, Friday morning to, to get to to Texas. So get get the guys out as, as early as possible. Don't don't play games, don't turn the ball over and and get up a couple scores. And Chicago has zero. They they don't have any if it's gonna be Justin Fields. You cannot let Justin Fields beat you. On the ground, because that's what it's going to be. Um, if he if he's throwing the ball, if he's slinging it all over the field, we got issues. But if he beats you throwing the football, he beats you throwing the football. Don't let him beat you with his
0: legs. if he if he beats us on the ground like he's gonna have like career like nfl quarterback russian record breaking day and we that would be a major problem because then we have to re-question this russian defense all over again if you're able to allow this guy to go off for like a couple touchdowns at 150 yards on the ground on you and he's a quarterback yeah. so hopefully not and if he beats us through the air that's wow that would be extremely impressive because dare you say james bradbury those guys have been on point avante yeah. maddox is back getting his feet back under him they've been on point and you you named it earlier the three starting wide receivers because Nikhil harry's doubtful i think he's out No, <laughs> he's out yeah so look at that Equanimeous saint brown uh what was like i can't even remember who you named it was T- dante jones dante pettis like it's terrible it's horrible yeah. Unreal Col is
1: their best. Uh, Cole, I mean, David Montgomery technically is their best weapon catching the football, running like he's he it's him and Jalen or Justin Fields, so you got stopped up too. And
0: um but look what we've done to Saquon, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry. That's Derrick, what worries David me. Montgomery's though. really not up at to those points, yeah, but
1: that's what also that's what worries me because he's not to that caliber. They might not well we'll see so one of
0: those games yeah, could i mean i feel like at this games. point like the defensive tackles they don't get to the point where they're winded because they're all just cycle constant yeah. cycle 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 so that's what's probably that been one of, of sue, the biggest benefactors for this yeah. run defense
1: the, the addition of sue and, and Linval joseph has been like jordan davis didn't play much last week so but nobody's yeah, yeah.
0: complaining about it. Exactly. Like before well, the arrival of limbo Joseph and Damakansu, we were sitting there and we were up in arms about Jordan Davis. Last week, we're like, Jordan Davis played 15 snaps, but we don't have anything to say.
1: Exactly, and plus, coming off, he's still probably a little. I'm not saying he's his foot is bad, but probably for the better. All right, so get through Sunday, and then we next week we get a real Eagles Dallas week gonna be the first real one i think we've had as a as our show hold show. up
0: hold up unless we beat chicago and they lose, and to, jacksonville? They
1: lose to jacksonville i bet you who i bet you you know who we don't see on or don't see in our chats on tuesday
0: so sardar, sardar. sardar. Yep, we don't sardar.
1: See i want to i want, can't wait to hear the excuses them if if i'm not saying dallas is losing to Jacksonville, i think they beat them but they lose we want, I know who we won't be seeing. I think
0: it's going to be closer than people think. I think it's going to be like last week. I think it's going to be like a one-score game against Jacksonville.
1: Dougie P Dougie P. knows that team, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Thanks. And they
0: got some – like Zay Jones and Christian Kirkman, like wide receiver is probably still a need because you don't have like that – core guy that AJ Brown that that like game changer but man they've done Evan Ingram like they've done they've taken some guys who you would have thought oh wow Christian Kirk's overpaid oh Evan Ingram's washed and they've had really good seasons in that offense so
1: all right so Eagles Bears Sunday at one o'clock we'll be back on Tuesday to give you a recap and then back next week for the preview of in Arlington, Texas, between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Arlington Cowboys. Thank you all for tuning in to the Kelly Green Hour for Connor. I'm LJ. Have a good night. Go birds.
0: Fly Eagles fly.
1: You want Philly Philly? Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently running. Sanders could cut. And another block. Sanders still going inside the 40. <laughs>